Yeah, it's been a crazy week, dude. Um, everything with the presidential conventions ending. You got mm. the thing in Kenosha, man. Like, I, I, where do we start? Uh, what, first off, did you watch any of the RNC? Did you watch any of that? I watched a little bit of RNC, um, surprisingly, um, and not surprisingly. Um, what did I watch? Dude, I why watched... do they have, like, six? Can we just talk about this real quick? Anytime six of the people there have your same last name. Dude. Dude. Let's like... not even talk about it. I was like, dude, this is cor- isn't this corruption? Like, you're... St- like part of your staff yeah, every, is your like your son family? daughter man he, he was having he, he had family members i didn't even know about at that time right and, and don't get me wrong there were some people there that are very respected in the republican party nikki haley she's very respected from what i know uh, yeah. she, she's somebody that's going to be potentially they put up after trump i get it and i can see that you, you have the guy from florida that likes to get angry all the time matt gets I, I know you know him if anything with the republicans speaking out you know he's going to be there so like, that didn't surprise me, but what surprised me was you got Tiffany Trump up there trying to explain to me. I didn't even see her she, speak. How she understands, and I don't know, I might be wrong on this. I might have gotten my Trumps mixed up. But yeah, Tiffany Trump up there trying to tell me that she knows what it's like to be looking for a job. And my first thought was, I was like, man, uh, I, I, I don't know what uh, job you're talking about, Miss Trump. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's every every company you work for is the last name. I could be wrong on that too, but it just didn't sit right with me, man. So, like, what did you hear? Tiffany is such a butterface. Sorry, I had to put that. Really? In. Yeah, wow. I'm sorry. Yeah. All right. Sidebar. She's a butterface. Hey, good, man. All right. Good. Okay. <laughs> so this is what I thought. I listened to. I think I listened to. I think I only listened to Trump speak. Um, How was I really that? wanted. To, I really wanted to hear what he had to say. Um, he honestly was a lot of fluff. I don't think it was anything major. Okay, hear me out. Did you get, I I felt that a lot of the things that he said, he kind of ran towards the middle. And that's Mm. why, and that's why, that's why I looked at it and I said, man, this is, I don't know if your base is going to be cool with this. Affordable healthcare, talking about how we're going to have the cheapest pharmaceutical drugs in the world. That is a pretty big dude. He took he took a different anti, stand. That's not yeah. anti-capitalism, but that is something that a lot of a lot of uh, capitalists will say is that drug prices deserve to be competitive. They deserve mm. to be set, and that is a fundamental capitalist belief. So when he said that, my first thought was, where are his opponents going? Oh, now he's speaking about a socialist idea, which they can't say because if they call him out for being socialist, they're indirectly making socialism bad as their point too so right i get it but I, I was listening to a lot of what he said he talked about law enforcement hiring more law enforcement than ever and i think on both sides they're talking about more law enforcement nobody's I, really talking about actually getting rid of the police so that, i just didn't understand it Dwayne. i didn't understand what exactly that, I, I don't understand where the presidential power is there. I think this is one of the first there. time he was a. I think it's one of the first times he was talking as a politician. Like he really gave yeah. him fluff. He really wasn't talking his specific. He he didn't give you his his hoorah speech and his data boy speech and I'm gonna do this and he didn't go with the oohs and ahs. He really was. He really was like serious, but I don't know what he's serious about. Uh-huh. Um, I guess it was just a moment. We'll you see. know what I'm saying? He's like, oh, hey, I'm getting the nomination. Let me just be serious at this moment. Um, <laughs> Let me tell you something that wasn't so serious that I thought was... A lot of people thought this was cool that I've talked to. 
a lot of my friends thought this was a cool, a lot of my Republican friends think it's cool that he shot fireworks off with his name in it and Trump 2020. Whoa. And, and, on, and on his face, man, like, that's pretty cool. However, what wasn't cool about it was he didn't do it at 7 o'clock in the evening. He did it at 11.30 at night. The in the, <laughs> in the middle in of the night in Washington, D.C. He shot fireworks off in the middle of the night. And uh, one of my friends uh, in D.C., she put on her, uh, her social media platform or her, her instagram she put on her story she goes the white house hit us with the you up text and it was a picture of, <laughs> <laughs> it was a picture Dude, of Trump's there was so many memes they got on uh, melania's dress because she wore a green dress so yeah. they just took it and made it a green screen dude they had um epstein on the dress they had uh they had coronavirus on the dress yeah. they had joe biden they had i'm with stupid on the dress so yeah yeah that was hilarious um, sorry about the background noise. <laughs> well, did you, hey, did you hear? Uh, did you hear Biden's speech though? Did you hear his at the DNC? I'm gonna be honest. I did not hear Biden's speech. I, uh, I I was watching a video on Facebook. So take this for what it is, man. And uh, that means it could be reputable, could be not. You know how the internet loves to mm. tell us the truth all the time. But I was watching a video, and he recycled a lot of his past speeches about Barack Obama. When he talked about Obama in 08, about how he was such a great candidate and how he worked for everything for his whole life, hmm. and he applied it to Kamala Harris. It's Kamala, right? I make sure Kamala, I'm, yeah. Kamala, yes. Okay, make sure yes. I'm pronouncing that right. Yep, Kamala. Um, because I always mess it up, and I always I don't want to do that. And no, so, not Kamala. Mamala. No, dude. Hey, I I think she's a badass, dude. I like I her. I like her. Love Kamala. I read her autobiography. Um, she's a very dope story. I connected with her because she went to HBCU. Um, Like, she's relatable. You know what I'm saying? It's like, this is one of the times, even with Obama, it felt like it was relatable. You know, I guess it could be, you know, somebody that looks like me or, you know, some some ancestry that I have. But her her autobiography talks about how she, you know, she went after those those folks that caused some of the crisis in 2008. Um, Some of those people that had those um, subpar, those those bad loan home loans and stuff like that so i think she's a badass i'm excited um i feel like it's the avengers against thanos right now i feel like <laughs> trump is thanos and, <laughs> and wow. they've assembled the avengers wow. sidebar um i think kamala's a badass I, i'm excited um i think she'll keep i think she'll keep joe on track i think <laughs> yeah she scares me though man and her pol- some of her policies scare me uh, not not policies, but like her history. Her with, history. Her history. Her history as being, yeah. as being a prosecutor, which again the roles don't necessarily line up. It's hard for me. I, I never. I mean, I understand the criticisms where they attack her for being very very tough on crime as the attorney general, and they criticize her for her criminal justice policies being bad in the past, such as being tough on uh, lower level. Uh, mm. marijuana charges mm. and then also being tough on so in the law we have this thing called brady evidence it's evidence that the prosecutor could turn over or need should turn over constitutionally but usually you have to request for it or if you don't if you don't it could be found in violation of the constitution by it violating brady evidence but there's a lot of exceptions to it so we're not going to go into that i'll save you details but anyways uh, and, and i and i don't know the exact source i'll need to be fact checked on this i know there was criticism and cases involving Brady with her but other than that I just look at all that and I say well she was a prosecutor she's an attorney general like that, that the, the, the roles don't necessarily coincide I mean if you're going to argue that 
maybe some of her comments are disingenuous because of that. I mean, I see their point, but I don't believe that, I don't believe a lot of the policy she's, she had while as attorney general or prosecutor is going to be applied as the vice president. I, I don't believe that one bit, but also I don't know much about her work in California other than I like a lot of things she says about civil rights law when she talks about well, first off, she's not afraid to stand up. And she gave an interview this week, actually, that was criticized pretty heavily about the Steve... Uh, was it Steve Blake, right? Make sure I get that name right. Uh, Jacob Blake. Jacob Blake, excuse me. Oh, uh, no problem. So, yeah, Jacob... There's so many, you can't you can't keep up. Yeah, dude, it's it's been a terrible summer. It's been a terrible year for it, man. Amongst the pandemic, a lot of black lives have been lost, unfortunately, by the hands of law enforcement in this situation. And with that being said, looking at... Oh, anyways, back to back to the Kamala comment. Um, Kamala, she's awesome. She's just awesome. Well, I she, think she's awesome. She has some she has some flaws, well, but I think for her being tough on crime, she will appeal to a different uh, a different group of voters. There are yeah. some people who want people that are tough on crime. Um, yeah. I think that may be a political move for Joe Biden. I think he's looking at all that too. Yeah, um, I, I don't see Joe Biden being a tough on crime guy, no. and and I think that I, I think there's an and honestly, Trump did do. With the First Step Act, he did do a good job with that. I will give that to him. The relief he afforded to that woman who was in jail for the rest of her life on a drug offense was yeah, it's great. Was I that the get... one with Kim Kardashian that she got involved in? I yeah, I don't I, I don't know. I'm not big on the Kardashian okay. family. Okay. I don't really know much about him, but <laughs> right. I just I uh, I find Kim to be an attractive woman. But other than that, man, I'm not big on her. Dude, uh, she's social media about to be a lawyer, like, man. That's crazy. God, the California bar better. <laughs> <laughs> she's about to be a lawyer. That's, that's California crazy, bar man. better be writing some complaints on that because I you let her in. She um, everyone and their mother is gonna be going for apprenticeship in went, California. Right? She went. She blew past law school. She was like, I'm just gonna study. And well, just take the bar. Well, let me let me talk about it. So it's in her blood, though. Her dad's a lawyer. Nah. <laughs> nah, Robert Kardashian it's is like the. It's in his blood. It's in her blood. Man, Robert Kardashian was not this very famous lawyer that people give him credit for. Robert Kardashian was OJ, and I don't want to speak ill of the dead, but I, but I'm yeah. going to tell you what I know, and that's that Robert Kardashian's main role in that trial was he happened to be a lawyer, did not practice criminal defense, and he was able to be beside his best friend in the time when he really really needed him, and exactly. he assembled a, assembled a defense team with OJ to well. Actually, the defense team was assembled by Shapiro, uh, who actually used Johnny Co- or not used, who actually recruited Johnny Cochran. Mm. He stepped in when he saw the civil rights, potential civil rights violation and notoriety of the case. But I want to get back to something that I didn't really finish up covering is with the Kamala Harris uh, interview she gave on Jacob Blake was talking about how she wasn't sure at a time when it would be justified for the officer to have shot Jacob Blake. And she got a lot of criticism about it because as a prosecutor, she, as a lawyer, there were, there, there is, there would have been situations where the officer would have been justified in shooting him. And those situations would have been if he had a gun of his own, in my opinion, if he had a gun pointed at someone else there and there was an immediate threat to the other person's life, if the individual was about to drive off with, again, a firearm. But I think a very big necessity was a firearm being involved with the actual action. And to say that... There was no firearm. There, was, To my knowledge, there was yeah, not no a firearm. I think the most he had was a knife, but it was in the car. Like, and he did not raise it at anyone. He did yeah. not strike anyone. And so with these situations... So she got criticized a lot for that. But what I, what I like, she did say something that I did kind of reason with she made the statement that 
given these particular facts, he was not justified in deadly force. So I totally got that. Oh, yeah. Um, and I didn't understand the criticism surrounding it. Um, a lot of some Republican media, not even Republican, I'll not say that, conservative media looked at it and said, a kind of like a gotcha moment, and I didn't understand it. Um, that sounds that sound like a gotcha moment on that one. I think I she's just being straight up. I think she's, she's using her past, her experience as a prosecutor, and I think she's saying, like, she, she cleans it up and saying deadly force. Maybe there should have been some action to, um, to constrain them, but like, I mean, but they use deadly force though. Yeah, I mean, when we look at that situation, every time one of these situations happens, I like to look at them objectively because I believe when they're when we look at them objectively, okay. the true nature and the true heinous of each act is 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 uh, it shows itself. When we break it down bit by bit and apply legal elements to the crime or to the incident, we we begin to see that these acts are so a lot of them are heinous even more when we apply what the law should be. In my based on my knowledge as a second year law student and past experience of criminal law. Um, when I apply my experience, what I know by that, and I look at what's happened in those situations, some of them, they're not all similar, the same fact pattern, but a lot of them, and they all ended with deadly force being used on a black man when the individual did not, it did not warrant deadly force. I'm not a police officer, I've never sat in their shoes I have a lot of friends that are police officers, and personally, um, I don't believe that every single officer that walks this planet is bad. No. However, I do systematically, there are policies that have been ingrained in culture that, when exploited, and when I say culture, I want to I want to narrow that into police culture, um, such as tough crime, history of tough crime tactics, interrogation tactics, yeah. uh, use of deadly force. I oh, believe yeah. a lot of those have been racially disproportionately applied absolutely and i believe absolutely. And, I, and i and i believe that again and, and, and i believe that um i believe we need to acknowledge that we need to change that and make strides in policy to to lessen these situations where this occurs and so what were you gonna say so just just interjecting real quick so i i, I do believe that for public officials those being in law enforcement and those types of services, it is, I think it's harder to prosecute them. And then going to a point you talked about as far as um, police, policing minority communities, going to Kenosha, you look at that situation. So Jacob Blake walking away from the police, I think is, can you walk away from the police? Is it legal? Um, walk away from police and then he's, deadly forces applied to him. But then you have the 17-year-old shooter, I think his name is Rittenhouse, yeah. who drives across state lines to protect businesses in the area. Yeah. And he ends up killing two people and he's actually apprehended. Yeah. Does, you get what I'm saying? Like he actually walks past police. And I think what people don't under I think what people don't see, and I think what a, one of the things about what's going on now is just the the appearance of black people. Just how we're, it just goes to show how we're just treated differently. He walks away from the police officers. He's shot seven or eight times. Rittenhouse kills two people, wounds yeah. another, and he's able to go home. Yeah. Then go back and turn himself in. And he's, in, you know, it's like. He, so I want to look at that situation. So let's look at Rittenhouse first. And then I want to move to Blake. I, I, I do want to talk about that, you know. Yeah. So with the Rittenhouse situation, this is the way I look at it. So we have the charge of. So there are a couple charges that were thrown out, six total, but. The two that really stick out 
are the, the attempted homicides, which is three. He got charged with one attempted and two two violent homicides. So let's look, let's look at the homicides first. No, actually, let's look at the, the taking the gun past state lines first. It's like so, a misdemeanor. One got a misdemeanor for being under 18. So he actually works at Kenosha. He is a lifeguard there. Oh, wow. He does have that. history in that state. He, he has a job there. So that, Did not know this. That, yeah. And so with being a lifeguard, he still did have to travel back to his home. He left with his family and mother transported him there. And the gun is registered to Kenosha, Wisconsin in Kenosha, Wisconsin. I would love to be fact check on that if I'm wrong. Um, so maybe the, the traveling across straight line, state lines, yes, he did travel physically across straight lines. Uh, with the gun being in his possession, it's hard to connect that to him being in continuous possession uh, of that gun. It's hard. and. But legally, he, he was 17. In Illinois and Wisconsin, you cannot own a firearm under the age of 18. No, you can't. And so a lot of, so what's been going on with that, that charge, the way that's being challenged is an NRA lawyer actually is on his case. I can't remember the name of him. But uh, NRA, an NRA oh, lawyer is having to resort to using language of a hunting statute or a statute that can be applied to recreational activities in his holding a gun for the purposes of defending his life and so that's a stretch it's going to be hard to prove the criminal yeah. elements are there so it, it, just in just my stance on is like you intentionally went to an area with a firearm for what purpose 100 percent. it was it was in my for opinion. what purpose there's already there's already law enforcement there i agree so what is your purpose there being 17 years old, a minor, yep. in that situation? Well, I think I think you need to step up. And law enforcement needs to step up. And yeah. essentially, the way that I would have handled that is, and this is my opinion in law enforcement, involving a lot of these marches that turn riots, I believe the best way to handle this, and I might be crazy for thinking this. I probably am. I think the best way to handle this, man, is to march with these, with the Black Lives Matter movement and and not necessarily a unifying manner if you don't want to be unified, but be in a way that is... Are you talking about law enforcement? I am, I am. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. saying march with them in a way that is saying our sole purpose in being here is for the exercising of your rights to protest and to protect you from any harm. And if there is harm brought your way, such as looters breaking away from your protest and disturbing exactly. your protest... Exactly, we are, we are there. I like that. We are there specifically next to you to say, you keep going, you guys keep going, and we need to arrest this individual. So one thing about Black Lives Matter that I've heard is that a lot of their marches or protests are unanimous, so they don't put a lot of information out. And so I, don't I, don't, I think I think them not working with the police or not not letting them know it kind of like appears to be sporadic, but it is intentional. I don't blame so them. So that partnership may not be there, but I think it, it could exist or whatnot. But, and it sounds crazy. It is. It is but, insane. But again, you can protest. You can go to your local governments. We were gonna we're gonna protest at this time and, and do this. And then you can have the protection of law enforcement. But I think because of the way Black Lives Matter is, they just don't utilize the police as a resource. And then you have people that abuse this moment and say, you know what? I'm gonna break into this store. I'm gonna burn this car. I'm gonna vandalize this. And they take away from the moment. Yeah, and I don't think there's a problem. Sorry, take away from the moment. My bad, boss. No, 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 you're good. They take away from the moment, and it's just now, it's just like, don't hurt those businesses or those communities. It just doesn't make sense. Dude, well, I think you can denounce, and this is this is something where I get frustrated with. I think you can denounce 
And I don't get frustrated with people, and I'm gonna use terms, I'm gonna use political terms just to make it relatable. Um, people on the left, like I get it. I mean, are people on the right who criticize people on the left and say, how can you not denounce these riots? And my frustration with those people is that I, I don't think anyone's out here saying go break buildings or burn down. No. I don't think anyone's saying that. Do they happen during the protest? And are some, but again, it's not my right to hone in. I don't believe, I believe it's counterproductive to hone in on the violence. And That's say, true. Because there's and, so many protests going around that are peaceable, that are nonviolent. And I believe we have to hone in on the message. And the message is it's, it's that we need to stop this violence yet. But I also believe that like, I also believe you can denounce what happens during those riots and say it like, and not even tell people like how they should protest because that frustrates me too. Um, I think you can, like, you think, I think a better way that I like to handle it is, yeah, dude, I denounce all that and I believe that's wrong, that the violence, but how the violence that occurs in burning down buildings, burning down a police station, however, um, what I do like is the unification of stating Black Lives Matter and that we can work together for a better tomorrow through policy and through working together. I, I think that's great and I think it's, there's no place for the riots. 100% I agree. Um, I think another point, too, going off what you're saying about the the instances of violence is like so think about all these protests that are happening they're happening all across the country probably most of the 50 states yeah um, it's been a lot but man. we hone in on the violent the violent components and we're not thinking we're not talking about we're not focusing on the, the ones that are peaceful the ones that are are nonviolent, and so it's just i think that's kind of a spin with the oh, media's with the media it's it, just yeah. like all right somebody broke into some stores in Chicago let's go and focus on that you know what happens because Chicago has already has gun violence issues they already have these things going let's go focusing on these 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 uprests and all this so I think the violence is a is a mechanism to appeal to the left or the right or conservatives or no, it's scary, mm-hmm. man. Like Chicago is a very. Oh, yeah, that's a whole other. I love, I love Chicago. From, I love Chicago. From a sports too, place, man. but I, I just know that there are parts and there are stats that are very, very uh, hard to combat, and that's that is the history of high crime, and so, lot, and the right likes to make arguments about how it's a democratic uh, government that's been there for so long, and that could now. Be, but I, but I, I will, now will there there's they have a point when it's say some of the democratic run areas are some of the areas that are facing some of these yeah. issues but i think it's a scapegoat so i mean i think i also i also think that with those particular situations those individual politicians you have to look at and a democrat in north carolina versus a democrat in chicago are two different things in my opinion <laughs> on the basis mm-hmm. of i mean just on the basis man of like are these people following the same principles that the party sounds as a national um, as a national party or are they just on their own because this majority democrat they can win is that is that it you know what i mean because that happens man a lot of people are in, in different districts if you're a predominantly run district by one party you'll run on that party fake it till you make it till you get elected say I am a yeah. Democrat and fake it till you make it through the primaries and all that until you actually are physically elected and that, that happens all the time um, yeah it's and you see these people a lot of their policies are stopped by 
the legislature. I, it's true. It, it, there's a lot of causation that I don't think just stating because one party has run the city on its own and that that is the predominant issue. I think we need to analyze the history of policymaking and looking at the politicians that have been in power and then saying, okay, that was why this is where we're at. And I don't know, maybe there's some merit to that, that's saying that Democrats in Baltimore may have not done as great of a job as necessarily they should have. I don't know. I'm not in that local area. So historically, Chicago and Baltimore, for example, have been corrupt cities. They've always had corrupt representation. Yeah. And they have been reflective of a certain party or a certain stance. Yeah. So... Like I said, I think they have some kind of point when they when they bring up these things, but yeah, it very well could be. I've spent a bunch of time in Baltimore. I've, spent a, I've been to Chicago a couple of times. I think I I know I know it's a it's a systemic situation that they have because a lot of these people, helping. yeah, a lot of these people that have access to guns probably don't even. I mean, they may not even leave and leave the city. So if I don't if I can't. If I don't have access to leave this city, how do I have access to a gun? How is this stuff getting in? How is this, how is this violence, violence happening? Um, but it, it's, I mean, there's some work that needs to be done in, in Chicago and, and, and Baltimore. But um, how do you do it without gent- I mean, how do you do it without gentrification? How do you do it without redlining? How do you do it without pushing out people well, from there? Redlining is generational, unfortunately. Yeah. And I'm really interested to see. Who, after this election, what happens? I'm very interested to see. Oh, yeah. What, what, oh, yeah. What, what the, other, the losing side really... This is, I mean, it's going to be a... His, this is a historical election. I mean, all of, them, all of them are historical. This is a very historical election because it's... Trump wins. How does he pick up the pieces that he's created? Biden, how does he put the pieces together? Yeah. Who knows? What, is, what does the next four years look like under Trump or Biden? So... It's been fun, man. I have, honestly, I've been bouncing back and forth with political parties these last couple of years. Right now, I am looking at Joe Biden. I'm looking at Kamala Harris and saying, I want to see the future. I want to see what it would be like. I, fortunately, I was not a Joe Biden uh, supporter from the beginning. I was a, I, no. I was a big Pete Buttigieg guy. I, I really enjoyed I like a lot of his policymaking, a lot. I liked his mannerisms, and I, and I thought, you know, he's a veteran. I thought a lot of the policy that he suggested with health care would be great. He's very good socially with policy. I was, But his name was Mayor Pete. It wasn't Senator Pete. That was his biggest issue. If he was a U.S. Yeah, Senator, he exactly. might have, he so might have I think he some has merit. some steps to go. I Where I put him at, I put him at maybe um, Speaker of the House. Um, I don't <laughs> but, know. You I, know. I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if he would be able to do that, but... Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, fun it, it's, it's, up there. I'm curious to see where he goes. I, he, I was because he'd have to go to the Senate and all that, but it'd right. be interesting. I, I was on um, I was on Warren's side, but when I was, I was talking to my wife about it a couple of days ago, I was like, I really don't even know where she stood. I was just on the Warren train because, like, hey, whatever. So it's a female, it's, it's something yeah. different. But I was like, what did, what does she stand politically? Yeah, you know, she was she, she was a lot of she was like what I always said about her is what. What's, what she she was as much of Bernie Sanders that didn't scare me because Bernie Sanders scared me as a politician. Yes, um, I, I uh, was like, this is. I think I think in certain countries, uh, Sanders' stance could work, but in America, I don't know. I just when I, I look know. at in, in the the tide that would need to turn to put him into office and to actually play out a lot of his policy, I didn't see it 
realistically happening, such as um, I think the only one that I could see actually passing immediately was the, the college loan forgiveness. I could see that passing immediately. Oh, I'm all for that. I, I could see that. I really I am could. A and million percent but for that. His in universal health. Universal health care, I think, would be a battle through the Senate. I don't know if I think Republicans would need to lose that for that to actually have some merit to go through into the law. And so, I think, I think it's. It, it, I thought it was a long way with him, but I believed uh, Warren's history of policy writing and how how she's a former law professor. She's very very clear in her policy writing. I thought she would be very good for the country. I liked her her stance on universal health care. I could see if I had more of where it's going to come from price-wise. And uh, economically, I, I didn't really identify with any of the candidates, really. Mm. Um, I believe in a capitalist society with a social safety net to protect everyday citizens. Mm. And, w- and what that looks like is I believe that every opportunity, every individual, you know, white, black, gay, trans, does, or excuse me, white, black, queer, trans should have the opportunity to own their own business. Should be able to have the opportunity to grow um, up the social class if they choose to. But However, it should be competitive. And, and yeah, it should be competitive. And I also believe that if someone wants to have, if their dream job is to be a job that pays thirty-five, forty-five thousand dollars a year, they should be able to live comfortably. Comfortably. At least be able to pay their bills. At least be able to afford health care. Oh, yeah. I believe that, that that should be able to happen, and I believe the socialized safety net would be very. When I say socialized, um, I state on uh, I state that just again that safety net with the government kind of allowing for competition, but also looking at those that are less fortunate or have less opportunity and having a way to where they can still go about without having to be on the streets in a way that. And then we have to go into how we pay for that, but that's for another another episode. And right. That's just where I, I stand politically on that. And I didn't really identify that with, with Sanders. I didn't identify that with Warren. I didn't identify that with, with Biden. I'm not really sure what his economic policy. He's kind of very quiet about that. Um, yeah, so we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens, man. I think it's a good time to close it up, wrap it up. Yeah, man. Um, so we'll see, man. All right, buddy. All right.